Hey everyone, this is Steve Fernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast. I thank you for joining me for episode number eight. Uh, we're going to do terms and definitions today, okay? So I found that the the best way to kind of re- uh, retain knowledge was to create flashcards, right? So I would write um, terms on one side and then definitions on the other side, okay? And then I'd have to try to break down or explain uh, what that term meant, flip it over, check my work, right? See if I got it right by the, uh, by the definition. And so that's what we're going to today do today. We're just going to uh, talk about terms and then uh, their definition. All right. So uh, this first one, we're going to start with the A's. Okay? We're just going to try to work our way through the alphabet, and uh, we'll just do the A's tonight. So uh, an air gap. An air gap is an, uh, basically a physical separation between a potable and a non-potable water source. So for example, right, we have a recycled water facility there in Watsonville. And so uh, what we have is uh, recycled water from the wastewater plant. It goes into tertiary treatment. We recycle that water, and then it goes out to the uh, farmers for irrigation. But they like a blend, right? Those farmers like that nice, clean water that we got, that potable water. And so they want us to blend it down with our drinking water, um, our potable water sources. Okay, so what we do is say, okay, we'll blend that water, but we have to have a physical separation to prevent any back pressure or back siphonage um, into our system. Okay, so that physical separation, basically, it's like a 12-inch pipe that drops into a tank, right, that clear uh, uh, recycled water source. And um, the the gap between the pipe and the tank has to be two times the pipe diameter. So if it's a 12-inch pipe, then it has to be a two-foot gap. Okay, so water's not going to be able to jump back into the pipe and go in the reverse flow or create a back siphonage. So um, that's how you have that kind of that break between um, the potable and non-potable source is that physical separation. So that is an air gap. It prevents from back siphonage and back pressure. Okay, that's an air gap. Next one is an altitude valve. An altitude valve is a valve that automatically shuts off the flow in an elevated tank when the water level in the tank reaches a predetermined level. The valve automatically opens when the pressure in the distribution system drops below the pressure in the tank. Okay, that's an altitude valve. Basically, it's looking at the uh, tank water level and it allows water to fill the tank, allows water into the tank to fill it and uh, back out to feed the system. Okay. Next one we have is an anode. An anode is a positive pole or electrode of an electrolytic system, such as a battery. The anode attracts negatively charged particles or ions. Uh, anodes, right? Uh, we use sacri- sacrificial anodes uh, for corrosion control. Okay, corrosion control. All right. Uh, available chlorine. Okay, available chlorine is a measure of the amount of chlorine available in chlorinated lime, uh, hypochlorite compounds and other materials that are used as sources of chlorine when compared with that of elemental chlorine, okay, liquid or gaseous chlorine, available chlorine. So if uh, we are disinfecting just using chlorine, chlorine gas, or um, uh, chlorine liquid, or calcium hypochlorite, which is a solid form of chlorine, um, we can test the residual, and we can check for the free available chlorine. All right, that's available chlorine. Uh, Average demand. Okay, average demand, the total demand for water during a period of time divided by the number of days in that time period. This is also called the average daily demand. So how much, uh, basically how much is the system requiring from us to provide 
uh, to the system. Basically, how much water are we pumping into the system? Average demand. All right, next one is acre foot. Okay, and uh, an acre foot is referring to an acre of land with one foot of water on it. Okay, so uh, an acre is uh, 43,560 square feet. It had, if I times it one foot high, I'd had 43,560 cubic feet. Okay, uh, we know that there's 7.48 gallons for every cubic foot. So uh, if I had 43,560 cubic feet, I would times that by 7.48 to get how many gallons are over that uh, acre of land. Okay, and it would be three uh, 325,851 gallons. Right, so, so 325,851 gallons in an acre foot uh, and then by definition an acre foot is a volume of water that covers one acre to a depth of one foot again 43,560 cubic feet if it's in gallons it is 325,851 gallon activated carbon okay so activated carbon is adsorptive particles or granules of car carbon usually obtained by heating carbon uh, these particles or granules have a high capacity to selectively remove certain trace and soluble materials from water. Okay, so uh, we're going to use granulated activated carbon, right, uh, GAC unit for removal of taste and odor issues. Okay, so that's one of the more common uh, ways to get rid of taste and odor issues uh, would be through uh, activated carbon or granulated activated carbon. Uh, next one, okay, so it's acute health risk. An acute health risk is an adverse effect on human or animal body with symptoms developing rapidly. So an acute health risk means it's gonna hurt you right now. An acute health risk would be like uh, finding E. coli in our water, nitrates in our water, perchlorates, arsenic, right? Uh, those are primary contaminants, okay? They are acute violators, okay? Uh, they have acute health risks, meaning they're gonna hurt you right now, okay? We don't want those in the water, all right. Adsorbents, okay, adsorbents are the material or activated carbon that is responsible for removing the undesirable substances in an adsorption process, okay? So adsorption is basically the media, uh, I'm sorry, the con contaminants going through our, um, our filter media, right, um, is being adsorbed by the media, okay? So they're adhering to the media. They're not being absorbed, like absorption, like uh, uh, absorbing um, um, so like a sponge, it's not that, it's adsorption with a D, A-D, okay? Adsorption is like adhering or sticking to the media, okay? So uh, that is adsorption. Aeration, aeration is the process of adding air to water. Air can be added to water by either passing air through water or passing water through air, okay? Uh, aeration is another form of uh, getting rid of taste and odor issues. Uh, or uh, VOCs, okay, we could we could do some aeration, right? We can also uh, aerate our lakes, okay, uh, to get some turnover, right? And again, if we're not in freezing temperatures and we don't have natural turnover, we can aerate our lakes or our tanks, right, just to get some turbulence in there, just to get to, uh, get that uh, that water to kind of freshen up. Aerobic, aerobic is a condition in which atmospheric or dissolved oxygen is present in the in the aquatic environment, okay? So aerobic means that there is dissolved oxygen present, okay? So just like we fill up our cups underneath the tap, okay? And we, uh, that little screen at the bottom of the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the faucet um, makes it kind of turbulent. So when we fill up our cup, it looks kind of cloudy. Uh, it's got like air bubbles in it. That's just dissolved oxygen. That is, that is oxygen that is dissolved in water. Aesthetics is basically um, 
it's it's uh it's uh it, it could be cosmetic it could be uh something like a taste and odor it could be uh, it's not necessarily going to hurt us right it could be a secondary contaminant okay like like, like i said uh taste uh odor or uh yeah that's about it yeah aesthetics okay air binding okay so air binding is the clogging of a filter pipe or pump due to the presence of an air release from water okay air entering the filter media is harmful to both the filtration and backwash processes air can prevent the passage of water during the filtration process and can cause the loss of filter media during the backwash process okay that's air binding so basically our water can become airlocked if not properly vented or um, uh, or the air is not properly released uh, from the system you can have air binding okay so basically kind of locks the water in it doesn't allow it to move and um, you're not going to have a good operation all right next one is air stripping uh, air stripping is a physical treatment process used to remove volatile substances from water or wa uh, waste streams the process uses large vo volumes of air to transfer volatile pollutants from a high concentration in water or waste stream into a large concentration in an air stream okay so we had uh, um, at one of the last utilities I worked at, we had uh, a couple wells that were high in VOCs, uh, mainly from a uh, contamination of the groundwater sources. So uh, these two wells were pumped into these uh, air stripping facilities, okay? And they just look like, uh, from the outside, they look like square uh, square tanks or even like a, like oversized porta potties yeah uh they're square tall uh vertical okay and so water would uh, come in from the top and then just kind of uh cascade its way down through the inside of that tower okay and so that would uh, basically it would strip it would strip the water of vocs because uh when uh, uh water is uh, aerated or just kind of like um mixed up right just like that you know basically water's moving a bunch of random motion algae algae is microscopic plants containing chlorophyll that live floating or suspended in water they also may be attached to structures rocks or other submerged surfaces excess algae growth can import uh, impart tastes and odors to pot uh, to potable water algae produces oxygen during sunlight hours and the use of oxygen during the night hours their biological activities uh, appreciably affect the ph alkalinity and dissolved oxygen of the water okay so algae okay algae um, mass the effectiveness of chlorine or in, uh, during disinfection okay um, algae blooms increase or decrease throughout the seasons and um, we don't want them in the water okay so uh, especially in our treatment plants so we're going to uh, try to control them at the source uh, like we said in previous uh, podcasts um, we're going to try to um, minimize the growth of algae, right? Maybe it be through copper sulfate or peroxide, different types of treatments. Um, just trying to maintain our uh, a healthy source water. Um, we know if we add chlorine to organics, or the more organics or chlorine that we're adding to uh, the water, then um, what's going to happen is we're going to have disinfection byproducts. We're going to have uh, haleacetic acids, trihalomethanes. So algae is not good, right? We don't want to. We, we don't want algae in the water, and we're going to try to control those as much as we can. Okay, algae blooms. Uh, algae blooms. Uh, sudden, massive growth of microscopic and macroscopic plant life, such as green or blue-green algae, uh, which can, under the proper conditions, develop in lakes, reservoirs, and ponds. Okay, an algicide is any substance or chemical specifically formulated to kill or control algae blooms. Okay, or algae 
alkaline. Uh, alkaline is the condition of water or soil that contains a sufficient amount of alkali substance to raise the pH above 7. Okay. Uh, well, what is alkali? Alkali is any uh, of certain soluble salts, principally of sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium, that have the prop uh, property of combining uh, with acid to form neutral salts and may be used in chemical water treatment processes. Okay. Alkalinity. Alkalinity is the capacity of water or wastewater to neutralize acids. This capacity is caused by the water's content of carbonate, bicarbonate, and hydroxide, and occasionally uh, borate, sil silicate, and phosphate. Alkalinity is expressed in milligrams per liter uh, of equivalent calcium carbonate. Alkalinity is not the same as pH because water does not have to be strongly basic or a high pH to have high alkalinity. Alkalinity is a measure of how much acid must be added to a liquid to lower the pH to 4.5, okay? So if I'm water uh, and the buddy to my right, he's my, he's my bodyguard, he's alkalinity, okay? And the buddy to my left, okay, he, uh, he's just a bad guy, right? He's an ass, acid, right? He's an acid, okay? He's trying to bring me down, okay? I'm, I'm water, right? My buddy to my right, he's, uh, he's my bodyguard, right? He's alkalinity, okay? So the bigger the batter uh, he is, right, the more alkalinity I have with me, okay, the less effect the acid is going to have on me, right? He's, he's just trying to bring a good man down, right? So the acid uh, is trying to bring my pH down, and the alkalinity is my natural buffering capacity, okay? Uh, he's trying to protect me so that my pH does not drop down any more than it needs to be, right? And so, so that's what alkalinity is. Anaerobic. Anaerobic is a condition in which atmospheric or dissolved oxygen uh, is not present in the aquatic environment. Okay, so anaerobic is uh, uh, basically there is no dissolved oxygen present in our source water. Okay. Appropriative rights, okay, water rights to or ownership of a water supply that is acquired for the beneficial use of water by following a specific legal procedure, okay, we talked about that earlier in source water. Aquifer, an aquifer is a natural or underground layer of porous water-bearing materials, uh, sand and gravel, uh, usually capable of yielding a large amount or, or supply of water, okay. Artesian uh, pertaining to groundwater, a well or ground, uh, I'm sorry, or underground basin where the water is under a pressure greater than atmospheric and will rise above the level of its upper confining space, uh, surface if given an opportunity to do so. So an artesian well uh, would be like a spring, okay? All right. Asset management, okay? So asset management is the process of maintaining the functionality and value of a utility's assets through rep uh, repair, rehabilitation, and replacement. Examples of utility assets include buildings, tools, equipment, pipes, and machinery used to operate a water or wastewater system. The primary goal of asset management is to provide safe, reliable, and cost-effective service to a community over the useful life of the utilities assets. Water audits, okay, so or audit, okay, is uh, a thorough examination of the accuracy of water agencies' records or accounts, okay, volumes of water, 
and system control equipment. Uh, water managers can use audits to determine if uh, or determine the water, the water distribution system efficiency. Uh, the overall goal is to identify and verify water and revenue losses in the water system. Okay. Uh, authority. Authority is the power and resources to do a specific job or to get that job done. Automatic meter reading. Okay, so AMR. AMR is a big deal nowadays, right? So we're uh, trying to do a bunch of work to do um, to get all of our meters on AMR systems, right? And so uh, so that we could just drive by uh, uh, a meter and it uh, logs it in, right, uh, by radio reads. So an AMR is technology that automatically collects usage, diagnostic, and status data from water metering devices and transfers that data to a central database for billing troubleshooting and analyzing all right that's it for the a's okay so let's talk about b's okay so uh some uh, b words right would be uh let's start with back pressure okay so back pressure is a pressure that can cause water to backflow into water supplies when a user's uh, water system is at higher pressure than the public's water system okay so back pressure the customer has more pressure on their side than we do on ours, so the water is going to basically go in the backwards motion into our system from the customer side. Okay, backfill. The backfill is a material placed over a pipe up to the ground surface. This consists of initial and final backfill. Okay, again, we're going to remove. Um, we're going to we're going to excavate uh, soil from the uh, from a trench. Okay, and we're going to replace it with a pipe. And then backfill the rest of that uh, that void or that trench with backfill material. Okay. Back siphonage. Back siphonage is a form of backflow caused by a negative or below atmospheric pressure within a water system. Okay. Back siphonage. So we're creating a vacuum. So if you can imagine a street on an incline. Okay. It's going uphill, and we had a main break. Okay. And it that main break is down towards the bottom of the hill. Okay. What's going to happen is all the water is going to want to escape out of that pipe going back downhill okay and it's going to create a vacuum and it's going to create a vacuum and it's going to pull the water from our customer service lines or our laterals and it's going to come out of that main break down towards the bottom of the hole that's a back siphonage basically it's creating a negative uh, or below atmospheric pressure uh, vacuum and it's drawing um, water right uh, from the system uh, out of the break backwashing backwashing is a process of reversing the flow of water back through the filter media to remove entrapped solids. So, uh, if we have a filter, right, and it's maybe it's removing uh, um, hardness, right, or uh, uh, manganese, okay, out of the water, and what's going to happen is it can uh, our filters will be well, they will have a runtime, and we'll be looking at head loss stuff like that. And so, after a certain amount of gallons or hours of runtime, it, we're going to want to back uh, backwash that system or that vessel, and so that we can basically uh, clean all the contaminants out of the water. And make sure that that uh, uh, that vessel or that filter is running optimally. Okay, so we're gonna backwash it. Bacteria. Bacteria are living organisms, microscopic in size, that usually consist of a single cell. Most bacteria use organic matter for their food and produce waste products as a result of their life processes. What is a baffle? A baffle is a flat board or plate deflector guide or similar device constructed or placed in flowing water wastewater or slurry systems uh, to cause more uniform flow velocities to absorb energy 
and to divert, guide, or agitate liquids. Basically, if we had a uh, clear well, okay, and it's got an inlet, uh, inlet side and an outlet side, if we did not have baffles in it, the water would want to come into the clear well, right, through the inlet and go straight towards the outlet, okay? Uh, least, uh, what is it, the least resistance, right? So we're going to just make a beeline all the way to that outlet, okay? So what we want to do is if it's, if it's a clear well, we're usually trying to get some contact time with chlorine for disinfection, okay? So we'll have baffles um, throughout that clear well, uh, maybe in a like a serpentine wall-shaped um, uh, formation, okay? And so uh, the water can basically go back and forth throughout the clear well, and it will get that good mix to make sure that it gets some good mixing and uh, provide contact time for the water uh, mixing with uh, our disinfectant, okay, or chlorine or whatever we're using, okay? All right, the term bonnet, bonnet is the cover of a gate valve, okay? Um, or basically like a the cover of a, um, like a horizontal split case pump. We'll use the term bonnet uh, for the top portion, okay, or the cover. Um, bowls, or uh, for a pump, so we're talking about pumps, uh, pump bowls. Uh, the submerged pumping unit in a well, including the shaft, impeller, and the housing. So um, if you look at a vertical turbine pump, it's got a bunch of, uh, they look like bowls. They look, they're, they're shaped like a bowl where it's round on the bottom, spherical on the bottom, and kind of flat on top. And that is uh, housing the impellers. And the line shaft uh, spins the impellers, okay? And the, uh, the impellers, uh, through centrifugal force, uh, send water from one bowl or one stage to the next, right? From, uh, remember, bowls and stages are, about the, are the same thing, okay? We're refer referring to the same thing. Brake horsepower. Brake horsepower is the horsepower required at the top or end of a pump shaft, or it also the is also the energy provided by a motor or other power sources. Brake point chlorination. I like this one. Okay, so brake point chlorination is the addition of chlorine to water or wastewater until the chlorine demand has been satisfied. At this point, further addition of chlorine will result in a free chlorine residual that is directly proportional to the amount of chlorine added beyond the breakpoint. So breakpoint is kind of hard to understand, right? So um, basically, uh, we have a dose, okay? And um, let's we'll just say they're uh, chlorine soldiers, okay? So chlorine soldiers, they're going to battle, right? They're going to battle with the organics, okay? And so we're going to throw those chlorine soldiers into battle, right? And they're going to go to war, okay? They're going to duke it out. And so what's going to happen is as we start to kill some of those organics, they start to break down. Well, what's going to happen is those organics are going to break down, and now we got some ammonia soldiers present and some nitrogen soldiers present. Okay, so we're going to add more chlorine soldiers to the mix. We're going to keep throwing more and more, and uh, we're going to lose some chlorine soldiers. Right, that's demand. Okay, so we're just going to keep op uh, upping the dose until those organics are dead, the ammonia is dead, and the nitrogen is dead. Okay, and so what's going to happen is once our chlorine soldiers have broken through the line. They've reached the other end uh, of the battlefield. They're going to wave their hands up in the air and they say, hey, we've broken through, right? We have achieved breakpoint. You have not achieved breakpoint if you have not satisfied the demand. You have not broken through the line if you have not won the war, okay? So just know that breakpoint chlorination uh, cannot be achieved if you have not satisfied the demand, okay? All right, now breakthrough, the term breakthrough is something different than what we we're talking about with chlorine soldiers, right? Uh, breakthrough is a crack or break in a filter bed allowing the passage of flock or part, uh, particulate matter through a filter. This will cause an increase in filter effluent turbidity 
a breakthrough can occur uh, either through uh, when a filter is uh, its first placed in service because it's not ripened yet. Okay. Uh, second way it would be uh, when the influent uh, effluent valve suddenly opens or closes. And uh, the third way is during periods of excessive head loss through the filter. Okay. So basically, the uh, the filter is just super dirty, and um, somehow water is finding its way uh, that is, is unfiltered yet, and it's basically breaking through the filter uh, process without um, going through its filtration process. And so that is uh, terms and definitions uh, for uh, A and B words, and we're talking about distribution. And uh, I'll leave you with that, Tanan, and uh, I hope you like that one. Uh, let me know if the terms and definitions are working out for you. Um, I hope I didn't bore you too much, and and let me know what's working for you. Okay, so I, again, I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate everything that uh, that uh, you give me in regards to positive motivation, um, good feedback, and all that good stuff, and just honest, uh, open criticism. Right, I, I'm I'm always open to uh, changing stuff up, giving you guys what you need. I'm here to help out. Just let me know how I can do so. So again, talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>